Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Daniel Hagen. All right. So I got all the nice stuff out of the way. Actually, that sounded a bit. I love doing that. That's beautiful. I love honoring my wife. But now we're going to get into the going to get into the Word of God, and I'm going to come after you a little bit this morning. Is that all right? When you say to the person next to you, uh-oh, he's coming after me this morning. <laughs> yes, that's good. I like that. All right, so we're going to have a little soundtrack this morning. It's good. Get them laughing. They'll need it. Get them. <laughs> All right, so we're definitely going to need our Bibles this morning, because if I'm coming after you, I've got to make sure I do it in Jesus' name, amen? And uh, how many people know that the mandate of the church is to make disciples? There's a few. I'm going to ask down the back. How many people know that the mandate of the church is to make disciples? Anyone at the back? Yeah. So it's not to gather crowds, although crowds will gather. It's more than that. It's to make disciples. The term Christian is a great term. It helps describe who we are. It's a a term that's found in the Bible. It's an anointed one. It means like Christ anointing, anointed one, Christian, follower of Jesus. That's a, a correct term. But, you know, that term is only mentioned some, I think around, it's definitely under 10. I think it may be even four times it's mentioned in the New Testament. The word disciple, was that correct, by the way? Did someone say correct? Chris, correct? Three. Mentioned three times. There you go. The word disciple, depending on your translation, is used 274 times. So... Now, the reason I say that and kind of bring both those terms is because many people claim and profess to be Christians. Yeah? But not everyone's a disciple. Uh Uh-oh, he's coming after me. So a disciple is a, a wholehearted follower of Jesus. A disciple is willing to take correction. Who likes discipline? Anyone like discipline? The flesh doesn't. But the Spirit does. You know, Jesus said in the New, in the New Testament, this is, this is the New Testament doctrine here, in the book of Revelation, He said, I rebuke and, or correct and discipline those that I... Love. Who wants to be loved by Jesus? Get ready for some loving. <laughs> and sometimes he uses his ministers to deliver that. <laughs> All right, so this is, this is somewhat of a, a message for disciples. So certainly if you call this uh, your home church, then this is definitely going to be applicable to you because I'm going to use the context of the local church and service unto God in the local church and our local church specifically. If you're not a part of this house, you can still take the principles because they're godly principles that will cause you to flourish and prosper. 
You can take these principles to your home church if you're just visiting today. You can also take these principles to your house, to your marriage, to your family, to the workplace. So please don't switch off. Take it on board. Take the correction if Jesus is using the word to correct you today. Be inspired. Be encouraged. Uh, be uh, rebuked if, if that's what the Lord's doing. Uh, be disciplined if that's what the Lord's doing. Amen. But embrace it because that's how we grow. That's how we mature. Amen. And the fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to bring us into maturity. Who wants to grow and not just uh, be a Sunday attendee, but some, someone wants to grow and, and, uh, and grow up in God? Who wants that? Anyone else? Come on, who wants to grow up in God? Good. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay, here we go. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. <laughs> I better bring some explanation. There's a couple of uh, random, what would seem to be random shouts there when I said Colossians 3.23. They're not so random. A few weeks ago, we talked about the Jewish culture. We want to see that happening in here. Whenever they were in the synagogue, they unveiled or they rolled open the scroll, the Word of God, the Torah, the books of the prophets. Uh, it, was, it was custom and culture that they would celebrate and they would cheer because they honored the Word of God. They loved the Word of God. So we don't just cheer when the worship's on or when the band's playing or when the Holy Spirit's moving or when a miracle breaks out, but we cheer and we celebrate the Word of God being taught. Amen? Yeah. All right. So that's why there's those cheers. I'd encourage you to get in on the cheer game this morning. Amen? Let's try it again. Colossians 3.23. Come on, we love you, Jesus. And it reads like this in the King James Version. First of all, then I'm going to read from the living. It says, uh, sorry, the New King James. It says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So the title is Service Under God. And the first point this morning is when we do serve God, what we do for Him is not unto man, but unto God. Okay? And really that's a motive thing, or it's a prime motive. The main reason that we serve, and I'm going to use the context of the local church and the house of God today, but once again, apply it to every area, because it says, whatever you do, so do it heartily, what does that mean? Do it cheerfully with a, with a great heart, not for man or the opinions of man or the pats on the back from man, although if that does happen, that's awesome. That's not our prime reason we do it. The main reason that we do it, and I, once again, I echo the words from Chelsea as she just celebrated our car parking attendance this morning and the cold out there early, you know, and they had a smile on their face. And I believe it's because they have the revelation that it's not for man, although they're helping people and they love people, but firstly, it's for God. And so they're out there and the Holy Spirit's out there with them in the cold thanking them and right now he's thanking you through me and saying well done good and faithful servant I want to hear those words on that day and so if we don't see it like that and we start to 
do it because for people or for the wrong reasons, or even we do it for ourselves, then things can get twisted. You can easily fall into the wrong attitudes. You can be discouraged um, because people aren't honoring you or seeing what you're doing. And let me tell you, not a, the, even the best leader in the world, the, even the best human leader in the world is going to let you down and uh, you'll be discouraged at some point uh, in your life. And so we've got to make sure that we don't get it twisted. We understand everything we do is unto God and not unto people. Uh, it's, easily to, it's easy to fall into the wrong attitudes of entitlement. And we talk about this, don't we, Esther? With the kids and at home, we talk about entitlement versus thankfulness. And if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you, you, it's not a service unto God, first and foremost. It's easy to start getting entitled and thinking, I deserve this, I should do this. Have you ever found yourself thinking, I'll serve, but only in this hour and only in this role because this is my skill set and no one's going to tell me what to do? That's, that's an entitlement message because that's not doing it unto God. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants to put you in the right place to serve, but the motive and the heart to serve should be whenever, whatever, however, where there's a need, I'm jumping in, I'm rolling up my sleeves and I'm getting it done. And let me tell you, if everyone did that, if everyone had that mentality and that heart, there'd be so much help that we could easily put you in a place where your passion is and where your skill set is. We're a part of Australian Christian churches. Sometimes I do training sessions with leaders, with teams, and talk to pastors. And we find statistically that 20% of the people in the local church do most of the serving and most of the work. And 80% just attend. On an average. Uh-oh, he's coming after me. What do you say to the person next to you? He's coming after us. Come on. But we want to change that. I believe if this is your house, then I believe we should have 100% of people serving. And if we did that, you wouldn't need to do it every week. But if you honor God, if you love God, and if you believe the Word of God, and the Word of God says that Jesus is the author of the church, He loves the church. In fact, He's the head of the church. We're the bride. He loves the church. Then you'd be like, yeah, I'm jumping in. But sometimes we need to speak into it because there's just, there's a culture maybe you've grown up in and, and maybe you haven't grown up in a culture where service is important under God. You haven't heard it, haven't learned it, but the Bible's full of it. Full of amazing revelation where it talks about service unto God. I'm going to give you a little bit more. Who wants more Bible? Yeah. Colossians 3.24. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. That's an eternal reward. For you serve the Lord Christ. As parents, Chelsea and I, we love, uh, we want, sorry, I should say we certainly love, but we want to raise up our kids in the right way. And so we know the necessity to discipline our children. Parents, you do need to discipline your children. And there are different ways to do that, depending on the child. But we have time out type of discipline. Um, Abby really loves sweet food. So... Um, she's our youngest. As soon as we mention taking away dessert from her, man, she's all of a sudden she switches on. She's ready to do whatever mum says. Um, 
and discipline's important and correction is important, but so is encouragement and rewards. And one of our methods in parenting is uh, to give a rewards and award kids for good behavior as well. We don't want it to be the main reason necessarily why they do right. We want them to do right because they love God. But at the same time, we do want to thank them and reward them for doing right. And here in this verse, we say our Heavenly Father is the same. He doesn't necessarily want it to be a prime motive. He just, He wants you to love Him. And from love, you just can't help but want to serve His house, His church, the people around you, love one another. But He does want you to know that there is eternal rewards. There is an inheritance in heaven. And the Bible talks about these heavenly rewards for people that serve with right motives. And you might not get the Volunteer of the Month Award on this earth, but if you're serving God with all your heart, no one sees it. You're doing things in the secret place when no one sees it. You're doing it for Him and uh, it's right motives. Let me tell you that there are treasures in heaven being stored up for you. And there are some amazing servants in this place. And uh, I know that your treasure chest is being uh, built up. And uh, you're going to, there's one right here actually, Frank Clancy. He's going to have a big treasure chest and a pretty good mansion. I'm going to hang out at his mansion for sure in heaven. <laughs> so be encouraged that everything you do, especially when it comes to eternal things, his house, his family, his church, expect there to be eternal rewards. I believe in this life and the one to come. All right, so number one, we don't do it unto man, but unto God. And Colossians 3.23 is evidence of that. Let's go to number two. It's one of the main ways that God disciples us. And I'm talking about service, the context right now is service in the house of God. It's service unto God and service in the house of God. It's one of the main ways that God disciples us. I remember when I first got saved, fell in love with Jesus, as you do, as you should, taste and see that the Lord is good. But you know, I fell in love with the church immediately as well. And that was a miracle because I did absolutely have mindsets against the church before I knew God. But once I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with the church. Now, I understood quickly and learned quickly that the church is not perfect. And so my expectation and pressure on the church was lifted. It's like, I don't expect the church to be perfect because it's full of people just like me in it, just like you in it. Amen? And then I read the scriptures and I read the Bible and I read stories about the New Testament church, for example, the Corinthian church, not perfect. Uh, they were out of order. Uh, they, they come out of all sorts of crazy things, idol worship. And uh, Paul actually said he corrected the church on one occasion because there was sin amongst them that they didn't deal with, that wasn't even heard of amongst the heathen. It's a pretty messy church. And yet, Paul didn't give up on the church. He didn't stop serving the church. His heart towards the church and his, and his heart to serve the church wasn't based on, on how good they were. 
because his, his service was unto God, not unto them. Have you ever found yourself saying things like, oh, the service wasn't too good today. I didn't really enjoy the service today. Oh, the kids' church, I think they need some more people up there. It wasn't very good today. Ever found yourself thinking that or going down that line? Well, I want to say to you that the service is not for you, it's for Him. And if you do see a problem with the service, then maybe God's speaking to you about jumping in, rolling up your sleeves and helping out so that the service under God can be better. I know our youth group is pumping. It's an amazing youth group and uh, they need more helpers. And it could be even better, but we need people to step up, roll their sleeves up, and say, I want to give service unto God. Maybe you're not called to youth ministry, but there's a need. And the heart of service unto God is to say, whenever, however, whoever, let's just get it done for Jesus. Are you with me? And it will disciple you. Uh, Attending a church is one thing. Building relationships with people in the church is another thing. But committing to the church and the evidence and the fruit of commitment is contribution to the church in terms of service under God. That's another thing. And that's where you'll be discipled because you'll have to work with people that you don't like sometimes. (laughs) And there might be people that aren't as skilled as you or don't communicate as well as you or don't understand things make mistakes and their personality might clash with you that's where God's going to disciple you (laughs) and teach you to love in the midst of pressure and you'll walk with your team through the good and through the bad and you'll celebrate and you'll be and you'll have times where it's like man this is I'm so glad this is under God (laughs) hello it's quiet in here (laughs) I remember when I first got saved, as I said, I fell in love with the church. Now, the church that I was in at the start, we met in a basketball um, center. So we had to set the chairs up. They weren't set and forget. We had to pack them all down again at the end. The band, we had a storage room, but we had to set it all back up and set it back down again. Week after week. And uh, I remember when I first got saved in this church, I had the great privilege of sweeping the floor because we had to sweep it after every service and make sure it was put back the way we found it and I remember walking along and as I'm walking I'm meditating on what God has done in my life I you know many of you know the testimony just so such a debauched wretched man like that amazing grace song amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me selfish not interested in serving others, selfish, it's all about me. And that's who I was. But then Jesus got a hold of me, changed me, gave me his divine nature. And I remember crying, sweeping the floor, saying, thank you, God, for this privilege of being able to serve in your house, serve in your church. That was the first love fire. God got a hold of me. I fell in love with the church. And I believe that's the heart that we need to have always, all believers always, no matter how we can, serve Him and serve one another in the church. Amen? Let's go to Galatians 5.13. So this is on point. It's awesome. 
Say it again. Galatians 5.13. So this is point number two that it's one of the ways, and in fact, a main way that God disciples us. Galatians 5.13. And this is a point... I didn't bring this up in, in the nine o'clock service, but I felt as I was praying out the back in between, I felt like I wanted to hit on this. It says 5.13 in this service. For you, brethren, so this is the context is brethren, that's the Christian people. You've been called to liberty. So you've been called to freedom. When you say the person next to you, you've been called to freedom. But check this out. Only do not use your freedom or your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. There's a saying, and it's not a scripture, but it's scriptural. If you'll be busy doing the do's, you won't have time for the don'ts. I think Frank might have taught me that one. And there's another one. If, if, you, if you have an idle mind or an idle life, that'll become the devil's playground. And so if you're busy serving God and loving God and loving others, you're less likely to fall into temptation. And I'm telling you, the rhythm for your life, like, Church is important and, the, and you be plugged in and attending church on a weekly basis at least. Not fortnightly, not monthly. That's not the rhythm of heaven. You can see that from Genesis. You got six other days off. The seventh day is for the Lord. They met weekly in the book of Acts. This is not me making it up. This is the way we do things. That we, we've, we've found the way we do things through the Bible and the way they did it. And I see families slipping into that fortnightly thing, that monthly thing. It's so easy to fall back into the world. God's looking for wholehearted disciples that are committed, that'll sacrifice, that'll be disciplined. Raise your children up in this way, man, and you'll be blessed. He's planted in the house of the Lord, will flourish. Amen? You've been called to liberty. Yes, we're free. God loves us. Let's use our freedom through love to serve one another. And what better way to serve one another than in your house, in the local church. Amen? And you might say, well, well I'm, I work really hard during the week. I'm a businessman and I'm really successful. And so I give, I give my tithe. And that's my service. Oh, can you imagine? Charles, I've tried this, by the way, guys. It doesn't work. I tried that at home. Charles, I, uh, I, you know, I work and provide. So you, gotta, you and the kids have got to do all the chores in the house. It doesn't work. And we had a few, few hard years when I tried that one. Amen. The whole house has got to roll their sleeves up. Amen. Everyone get involved. That's a good word right there. Jesus uses the analogy of husband and wife and family for the church. Amen? Uh-oh. A few wives are looking at their husbands right there. By the way, we have a marriage course coming up. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. 
Glory to God. Hey, Ephesians 2.10 says, you don't like Ephesians 2.10, that was a little woo there. You don't like the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. Now, there's a, a very famous scripture that people have memorized, and it's a, it's a great scripture. It says, we're not saved by works, lest any man should boast. Anyone know that one? You've heard that? Saved through faith and through grace. Do you know the very next verse and in the following verses goes on to say, we're his workmanship. We're not saved by it, but we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're created, in fact, the predestined works that he has for us. He's created us for good works. Serve one another. What better place to do it than in the house of God? Amen. By the way, firechurch.com.au, if you're starting to feel a little bit convicted, that's good. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> we have an amazing website that Ado works really hard on, actually. And you can scroll down and you can hit volunteer and put your details in. And it's a great way for you to respond to that conviction, respond to the Word of God and to say, you know what, this message is right. This message is the Bible. I don't just want to abide in the church or turn up. I don't just want to have some friendships. I want to commit and contribute to the house. And it might just be like an hour on a Sunday or it might be you um, leading an area or running a small group or it could look like many, many different things. But God needs all of us in the service unto God, loving one another. Amen? Or you can head out outside of these doors where the exit sign is there. There is a uh, help desk. And any questions that you have around this about where you can serve, we would prefer you to go in with the heart of wherever, whenever, however I can, wherever there's a need. But I can tell you if everyone goes in with that heart, more than likely we'll be able to actually find out where your passion is. And because and if everyone's in and everyone rolls up their sleeves, then uh, we could put you where you want to be. And it might only be once a month or something like that because there's just too much help. That, that would be a great thing to do, too much help. Then we can start new things and pioneer new things. And, and that's really important. Amen? Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you our, my final point this morning. It's number three. And by the way, I do want to encourage you because this is a flow on. If I haven't said this already, it's a flow on from a message that was preached on the 20th of January this year called The Church. Talked about abiding, belonging, committing and contributing. It's a flow on message from that. I'd encourage you to check that podcast out when you get a chance. And once again, you can go to the website and listen to that podcast. Get it in your heart, get it in your spirit, read through the scriptures. And this is a flow on from that. And this is my favorite point, probably. That's why I put it last. I really want us to get a hold of it. And I think our church will really love this point. It's number three. It's key to revival and sustained revival. So service under God, particularly in the local church context, service unto God is the key to revival and sustained revival. Before I go there, I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. Just getting back to my last point. I remember 
when I was looking for my wife, this is for single people. I was, I didn't want just someone that was going to raise their hands on Sunday. I wanted to see fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. I met my wife in a midweek meeting at a prayer meeting. I didn't meet her there, but that's when God spoke to me and said, this is your wife. And that was Chelsea, by the way. (laughs) This is your wife. And because I wanted someone that was committed, serving in the local church. Really important because I believe that commitment and contribution to the church means commitment and contribution to Jesus. It's more than just a profession of faith. But you can see fruit in their life. So if you really want to be equally yoked, single people, find someone that's really planted, plugged in and serving in the local church. It's a great sign that they're really, really, really connected. It's a great sign that they really, really love Jesus because they love his church. There you go. There's a prophetic word for the singles. And I'm not just saying that to get more people to serve. If you serve, awesome. If that convicts you, awesome. But I, I really mean that. I was actually going to do my next point and I felt the Holy Spirit just nudge me and just share that. Yeah? And singles, if, if your future partner doesn't serve in the house of God, uh, you might have a bit of trouble with them serving at home as well. You know what I mean? So, saving you some problems here. <laughs> All right, let's go to the final point. Number three, key to revival and sustained revival. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. Yeah, I love this passage. So the context, um, there was a dispute, there was some problems because of growth. And they needed more help. There was a problem in this particular case with the ministry of the food to the widows. So the hospitality department needed some help. And the, they came to the apostles and they, they realized that their main role in service was was to minister the Word of God and so continually in prayer in the ministry of the Word. Okay, that was, that was their main point of service. And so they didn't want to depart from that and then have to work in the hospitality area because that wouldn't be good for anyone. And actually, this scripture has really convicted Chelsea and I. We've been really working hard and spending a lot of time this year on uh, writing. So we're putting to, both of us are putting together books and curriculums and looking at different formats to be able to present that. And so that's really been our heart is to really make sure that we get down and really document properly and template everything that we've been preaching and teaching, all of our notes, getting it down ready and properly to be able to deliver properly and minister properly in that way. Verse 3 goes on to say, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you. This is cool. This is like, we know the early church was good at outreach, but here we see they're also good at inreach. And that's what we're doing tonight or today. We love the street ministry. We love awakenings, but this is inreach. And this is what they did here. This is just as important. Outreach and inreach. So seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. 
when people step up, when they roll up their sleeves, when they begin to serve unto God and serve one another in love, it pleases the multitude. Everyone's happy. It takes the pressure off often the 20% of people that do most of it because everyone steps up and it pleases the multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicena, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they prayed and laid hands on them, this is the part that I want you to get. This is awesome. Because of this, because of people stepping up in the hospitality area where there was a need, verse 7 says this, Then the Word of God spread. Who, who's been praying for revival and believing for a great harvest? Well, we need to outreach and we need to inreach. Because we, we need to be able to handle the souls and the harvest that's very, very ripe right now. But we need to inreach and make sure that we're ready. We've got all hands on deck. Amen. So the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. That's awesome. Who wants to see that? Who wants to see a multiplication of disciples and the Word of God spread throughout all this region? There's a few claps. I know you know I'm setting you up. That's right, I am. If you want to see it, then come on. Amen? Why don't you say to the person next to you, if you want to see it, then come on. Let's stand to our feet. So to summarize or to recap, number one, our service unto God should be our first motive or the main reason that we do it. We do it unto God and not unto men. That way we don't get twisted in our thinking. We're not discouraged and we're less likely to be discouraged and disappointed because God, we're doing it for God and we have eternal rewards, amen? And it's for His house. We don't fall into that entitlement attitude. You know, I've really learned that attitude absolutely does determine altitude. We talked about number two, that this is one of the main ways that God disciples people. I come out of like a very selfish life planted in the house of God and then I was discipled in the house of God primarily through service learning to serve and work with people and God began to work on my character and as a result I was promoted in the workplace this is before I was in full-time ministry promoted as a manager over three states in an industry that I had very little experience in so it wasn't my skill set it wasn't the experience it was the favor of God but it was also the character that my bosses were able to see and that character was learnt in the house of God because I yielded my life to discipleship. Amen? So those principles will flow into every area of your life. Amen? So number two, it's one of the main ways that God disciples us. And finally, my favourite point, it's the key to revival and sustained revival. Not only outreach, but in reach, and today's about in reach. 
And so this is not an altar call for souls necessarily. This is an altar call to say, will you, if this is your home, will you roll your sleeves up? Will you jump on that website today and say, you know, I want to serve wherever, however. And if it's something that I'm passionate about, it's a bonus. That's the heart. Ultimately, we do want to find that for you. Or will you, today, if you've got further questions, will you head out and, uh, and speak to someone at the welcome desk and just ask some questions? You can even, if you're not a big fan of the internet and websites and so forth and you just want to ask questions, they can grab your details there too and tell you where the need is and tell you all the different departments and the ministries. You can be involved. Does that sound all right? Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.